The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Diana Marzalek. I am with Provoke Media. Um, I have two guests with me today. I have Ben Finzel, who is president of Renew PR, as well as a founding principal of the Change Agencies. The Change Agencies, um, I will let you eventually explain it further, Ben, but it is a network of multicultural and LGBTQ-owned and operated public relations agencies. And I also have um, Christelle Ciarza, whose agency Ciarza is based in Albuquerque. Is that correct, Christelle? And you are uh, a member of the Change Agencies. So welcome to both of you. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good. So um, maybe we can start with Ben. Tell us a little bit about the Change Agencies to get our uh, conversation rolling. Sure. And thanks again for having us. So the idea is that um, as we look at both the landscape of the industry, the, the public relations industry, but also the landscape of the of the country as a whole, uh, and the needs that our clients have to communicate with different audiences. Um, the best way and the most authentic way to do that is through the voices and the insights of people in those communities. So um, no disrespect to the large agencies I worked for before, um, <laughs> who do great work um, and who are engaged as well in these communities, but really the most um, appropriate way to really think about um, authentically engaging communities of color, LGBTQ communities, um, you know, and other emerging um, markets, which really are the majority at this point, is through those agencies that are owned and operated by people from those communities. And that's exactly what the change agencies in is. It's eight agencies uh, from across the country uh, in cities like Albuquerque and Washington, D.C. and Dallas and New York City and Chicago and Miami, uh, Milwaukee, um, all over the place. Um, and these are agencies that are owned and operated by people of color um, and LGBT people really who, who really understand how to engage those audiences and can help our clients uh, figure out the best ways to address issues affecting those audiences and affecting affecting um, issues, you know, more, even more broadly than that. And um, I read or you have told me that this the change agencies is the first network of its kind, correct? Devoted or made up specifically of agencies of this ownership? I think we were first. It's a little hard because uh, there are a couple similar kinds of networks. Um, and I'm not sure who came first. I think we may be first by a month or two. So I <laughs> lately switched our messaging from the first to just the national network. Um, <laughs> I would use among the first, among the largest, among the first. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think um, our approach is slightly different um, than some of the other ones. Um, this really is a collaborative of eight agencies. And how it long have you been, um, I'm sorry, how long have you been in existence? So we started in 2019 and we um, started out with a model of, of six partners. Um, we made it through the pandemic and then adjusted that model um, as some of our partner agencies wanted to um, not be doing the day-to-day. -day. So there, three of them are on our advisory council now. And then um, the three remaining original folks are the founding principals. And then we have five new members and we'll be adding more members later this year. Excellent. And Crystal, maybe you can tell me a little bit about um, your agency and what the challenges you are facing or the the allure of being part of a network like this is and 
Sure. Yeah, most definitely. You know, Albuquerque, if we were to classify the market, um, we're actually it, in terms of DMA size, um, we're 48, you know, maybe even 49, depending on how the, we the weather takes us. And um, Albuquerque is just one of those really unique um, cities when it comes to public relations and and, and, and a marketing city, like we can't, we, we're definitely not of the size of like New York, DC, even Minneapolis, et cetera. And so, you know, Ciarza was an agency that was born out of a traditional public relations firm that, you know, I, I came from that background, decided to create a full service marketing agency over time. And eight years later, um, it was uh, my story with Ben and how I met Ben and Latricia and Tanya, the managing partners was kind of funny. Um, as a woman of color, I found that, you know, I feel more comfortable as a, as an owner around people that have like-minded values like me, um, understand um, the microaggressions of being a minority or um, understand the challenges that sometimes we face about feeling like we're the only people that stick out in a room. And so I literally Googled diversity public relations networks and, or diverse public relations organizations the change agencies came up and I hadn't met anybody yet um, at this time. And uh, I had sent an email out saying, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in learning more about what you do. And if you're willing to have me, I'd love to be a part of the network. Just very ambitiously um, wrote that email. And this was in the beginning of two 2022, last year. And so um, a couple months later, I had been um, uh, lucky enough to be a part of a uh, Counselors Academy Public Relations Society of America's section, and I was invited to speak. And so I did a workshop, and lo and behold, I meet Ben and Latricia. And Ben goes, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were part of the change agencies. I think I remember your name." And I go, I "Was going, oh my gosh, yes! I didn't realize it was you." And so we just put the two together. And and so in in summary, you know what. What is the change agencies means to me? It's, um, as I joke, I say, uh, public relations owners sometimes feel like they're alone at the top. And it's, I, I joke when I say, I feel like it's my people. Mm -hmm. um, but what I mean by that is um, there are challenges and struggles that we all try to face. And I think this organization is just a really good intersection between social justice, communications and marketing, um, and just doing some really great badass work. Um, and so that's why I'm really excited to be part of the change agencies and any opportunity that I get to talk about how amazing Ben, Latricia and Tanya are. Um, I will take that opportunity. Excellent. And we should probably call out uh, Latricia and who's your other founding partner, because we keep saying the name, but we have not mentioned your your colleagues. <laughs> sure. Uh, so Latricia Woods with Mahogany Dan Communications in Phoenix. She mm -hmm. and I really were the first two to kind of pull this together. And then our colleague Kenya Churchmuch with Much PR in New York City um, is the third managing partner. Uh, I've known both of them for a number of years. And um, this is really, you know, our sort of brainchild that we're now bringing other folks into. And it's growing and expanding and really becoming what it should have been all along, which is a national network of really smart counselors who have lots of different skill sets in lots of different areas, who also understand specifically how to engage um, communities of color or LGBT audiences. And that's really the key. And that's what the difference is. There's a whole lot of LGBT folks in, in PR. There's a whole lot of um, people of color in PR, but there are just because you're LGBT doesn't know you, doesn't mean you understand how to engage our, our 
community, right? There's lots of really smart LGBTQ folks in PR who are experts in healthcare or experts in events or research or whatever it might be. But having that additional sort of understanding and, and years of experience and really engaging our communities authentically and appropriately, that's what makes the difference. And that's who all of these members and all the different agencies are. They actually have experience doing that. I mean, I'll just shout out Crystal for a moment. So in addition to running for business, he has another job, a whole separate job, which is the founder of a nonprofit in Albuquerque called the Asian Business Collaborative. Um, did I get it right, ABC? Is that right? Yeah. And this is literally a chamber of commerce for Asian-owned businesses in New Mexico. Um, that's an amazing thing. And it's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love, I know, for Crystal, but it's also really kind of living your value, right? And talking about really understanding how to engage communities that comes from a place of knowing what, in this case, Asian business owners are going through trying to build a business and trying to um, be relevant, not just to Asian audiences, but to all audiences and, and interesting. And, you know, why shouldn't the Asian owner of the copy shop um, have a broad, diverse membership, uh, you know, business base? Why shouldn't the Asian owner of a restaurant or the Asian owner of a Starbucks franchise, whatever it might be, you know, um, and that's what Crystal does in addition to her day job. And those are the kinds of folks that we're really excited to have working with us. And it's our luck to get to work with them. Yeah, Ben, I appreciate the shout out and the kudos. And I definitely will mention, you know, a couple of other folks that are powerhouses and the change agencies like Sony Diaz. She's the, the current president of the um, Hispanic. Oh, I don't want to mess it up. The Hispanic Public Relations uh, Association, HPRA. Yes, HPRA, the Hispanic Public Relations Association. Um, being a president of a board, especially an association, is definitely no easy feat. Um, we have John Avila out of Avila Creative, um, who has an extensive background in an agency and is just becoming such a, um, a powerhouse when it comes to um, developing DEI reports um, on a national level for brands like um, McDonald's, uh, Barilla, et cetera. Um, and then you have Bernadette Davis, who has been a major champion for diversity, equity, inclusion, Black owned and operated out of Dallas, Texas, and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And her team is not only um, um, uh, an incredible force to be reckoned with when it comes to the, the conversations about diversity, equity, inclusion, but during the George Floyd situation, um, her team really stepped up to the plate as becoming a leader in, in terms of addressing the Black community or working with black communities and, and, and just that cultural competency piece that a lot of communities can be really lacking. Um, and then Ben, who else is on? I'm so sorry. I'm thinking of like two more people and I'm like drawing a blank right now. I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> Tammy, uh, Tammy Belton Davis from Athena communications in Milwaukee is, um, like Bernadette and like our other leaders, um, a business leader in the Milwaukee, um, community, but really more than that, also a public affairs leader and, and an arts leader um, on the board of the local theater and really engaged in addition to running an agency every day, which is what everyone who's listening to this podcast cares about, is really engaged in the community in a lot of different ways around some of the issues related to um, just how the community functions and, and the, both the business community and the political community. And that's those are the kinds of folks that we are just so lucky to get to work with and the leadership that they already have that they bring to us and to this network really is what sets us apart in terms of being able to help counsel clients and help figure out how to address some of these challenging issues and some of the topics that 
are really in the news right now um, and dominating the conversation, sometimes for good and sometimes for ill, unfortunately. Are, are we at the point where companies are seeking you out for these services? And maybe you can fill me in a little bit about, you know, the kind and size of companies that agencies of your size are, are working with. Or are you still telling clients that they need to address these things? Have we sort of made that transition where they're seeking out these services? Ben, let me answer that one first. So my my specific industry or the the areas and communities that I work for, um, they purposely seek out people of color in around the Southwest, which is really exciting because New Mexico, like California, is a minority majority state. And so um, there is this family attitude of supporting communities where um, they're out there, they they um, are advocating for their community, you know, it's it's less transactional, transactional, more relationship based when it comes to finding or clients finding us or clients seeking us. But what we found by being a part of the change agencies, people are really compelled to work with us because of the fact that even though I might not be bringing Ben into a project or John into a project, what they really like the fact is that we're minded, we're, we're diversity minded. And diversity minded means that they can feel trusted um, or they can feel a sense of trust that we can take everything from a cultural competency lens. Um, that's what we found um, specifically at Ciarza, because if you were to photograph my team, um, 75 to 80% of us are people of color. So we're a little bit different because we don't look like everybody else, um, mm -hmm. whether it be in New Mexico or Arizona and, or, or wherever we are in the region. But Ben, I know that you have a different take. No, I agree with everything you just said. I think the, just to building on your, the question you asked, I, I think we're seeing people starting to reach out, but we're still having that conversation. And it almost feels like um, one or two steps forward, one or two steps back. Um, so we get to the point where we can start having conversations about the role of um, businesses, businesses owned by people of color and LGBT people as counselors to clients on issues writ large, right? Um, you should be hiring us, not just because we can help you with your, de your DEI work, but in my case, Renew PR, we work on energy environment. So in addition to working on equity, we work on energy environment issues. You should be hiring us to do that because we're good at that. And we also happen to be LGBT owned, right? So there's that piece. But there's also this piece of putting people of color and LGBTQ people back in the box of, well, that's this DEI thing or that's woke, you know, and that's this sort of oh, we, you know, we have to check a box kind of thing. And I think, unfortunately, we're still having some conversations around the box checking, as opposed to we need to really hire and engage and work with people who look like the rest of America. So mm -hmm. if I'm a company or an organization, um, whether that's for-profit, non-profit, government, you know, private sector, whatever, um, we need to be working with folks who look like the rest of the country and the folks that we're trying to reach, the audiences that we're trying to engage and, and influence. So that means working with folks like Crystal or Tammy or Bernadette or John or Sonia or Latricia or Tanya or me, um, and really being able to understand what motivates those audiences and what they need to see and hear and what is different about those audiences and what is the same. Because I think sometimes that's the other thing we forget. This isn't all about difference. It's also about what we have in common and how we can approach that uh, from a place of really 
including everybody as opposed to excluding some. Right. Which speaks to your, your expertise. And like you said, an energy, you know, you're, you're, we're all more than who we are sort of inherently. Right. So, um, Exactly. Expertise. You also mentioned the box checking. And I'm wondering if what you are seeing or referring to is a continuation of what's always sort of been there, box checking, <laughs> although maybe maybe amplified in the last few years. Or is this a similar to what we're seeing like with ESG backlash where people were on board and now whether it's fatigue or whatever state this country is in, you know, whatever the, the, the forces are, are we seeing some of that with DEI? Do you want to go first, Crystal? You want me to? I see you thinking. She is thinking. I can yeah, I'm like, I'm like popping a vein over here. I Let me, let me take a step back and let me make sure I understand your question. So the question is, are we going backwards where there's that DEI burnout? Um, you know, with all due respect, and I know where the intention of the question is coming from, when we hear, when I hear those words, is there a DEI backlash or are we going backwards, going back to the checkbox? That's that institution to me talking, right? That's what I hear. Mm -hmm. And I say the institution meaning, well, that yeah, that's going back to the old ways. And I think that if a community like Here's a perfect example. KOAT, Action 7 News, is a Hearst, pub, uh, Hearst television station. And not only are they reaching out to the community looking for Asian stories, but they're purposely being very good about the way that they hire, who they hire, who's on the newscast. I look at even um, in Seattle, King 5 News, as a perfect example of the newsroom looks like America because the general manager made a thoughtful, it wasn't even thoughtful. It was just the right thing to hire such an incredible diverse cast of having Muslim Americans, Asian Americans, black, black, uh, um, Hispanic and white in the entire newscast. And so when I think about, you know, the change agencies in that particular piece, it's like, we, we're needed. You know, the change agencies are starting to see communities where not only have they been there, but people not only have, have, have not only, I'm sorry, not only is the DEI world around us already, and it's here to stay, but now we're seeing proposals come through where people are going, we've been here all along talking about equity, financial equity, um, you know, social justice, economic equity. Um, we've seen, um, uh, small business equity. And, and we've seen these types of proposals come through and they're like, hey, we've been doing this type of DEI work already, but nobody knows about us. Mm -hmm. That's why we want an organization like you to consider working with us. And so it it's not that we've been, we don't see the burnout. We see people actually kind of rising from the sand and saying like, hey, we've been here and we need organizations like you because organizations we've worked with in the past don't get it. That's kind of been exciting, at least my experience, Ben. I don't know about you. I yes, wonderful. Agree. I, I think the the need here is to see this not as a challenge, but as an opportunity. And I think so sort of to to go back to one of the points Crystal made, I think folks sort of look at this as box checking or as, oh, this is hard, or we have to do a thing, as opposed to really looking at it from the perspective of, if you wanna tell the stories of America, you have to include America. 
right? So there's an opportunity there to include people of color, LGBTQ people. We've always been here. This is not new. <laughs> this is the history of America, of the melting pot of this country. What is new is acknowledging that, oh, wow, rather than a whole bunch of straight white men um, and women, you know, telling the stories of everybody and being the arbiters of that communications conversation, it should be all of us. And there should be room at the table and there is room at the table, pull up another chair, right? For people of color, for LGBTQ people, um, for non-binary people, right? Um, it doesn't, you know, this idea that, sure, Edward Bernays maybe is the seen as the father of the PR industry and he was a straight white guy, wonderful, great. But telling the stories of the women who, built agencies, um, you know, and the people like Patrice Tanaka, who's a friend of mine, who, you know, one of the first Asian American women to own a PR agency, right? Um, telling those stories and looking for those opportunities to build those businesses up um, because they can really not just tell the story of America, but also reflect it. That's really important. And I think it's great that folks like Provoke Media are spending so much time looking at these topics. And I think the next sort of opportunity is to look at the topics holistically as, and I think where your question was going, Diana, and really look at them beyond this idea of just DEI and more of what does the industry need to do and what does the industry need to look like and who needs to be in the industry and included as part of the industry and in having those conversations. Because we're not, as an industry, as PR practitioners, we're not gonna succeed if we don't include everybody. It's just not gonna happen. And we're seeing that now more than ever. And that means inclusion across the board and really having all those voices part of the conversation so that we really can tell the story of America completely. Looking at the larger industry, I mean, do you see progress having been made in sort of the last three, four years? I mean, where do you, what do you see in terms of diversifying our own industry? I actually see, um, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with several um, PR agency owners um, in, in May. Um, and what I'm really looking forward to see is once they start to hear that people like myself, like Ben are kind of leading the charge in terms of organization, um, in, in terms of, of really gathering the community together of PR and it's starting again to look more like America. Um, I really see this outward trend of more individuals of color really speaking out and saying, hey, I'm a communicator and a marketer. Uh, I'm a public relations practitioner. I, I'm of Asian descent. I'm of Hispanic descent. I, I would like to see that grow. So for example, I, I there is, to our knowledge, no American public relations association like the Hispanic PR association. And to see Sonia's success so far, just, um, just a metaphoric success to the building of her association as a PR practitioner, if they're on route, you know, and then the Black Public Relations Association folks are increasing. And I see Asian journalists just continue to grow. Um, I really feel that um, the, the trend is that um, you'll see, you know, 50 to 60% of the people owning agencies or being at the helm of their own agency practice, whether they be solo or, or independent contractor. I think you're going to see more people of color really rise, rise from, to the occasion and represent the communities that they serve, especially with the outward trend of, um, people of color outpacing, you know, in terms of growth, you know, growth in communities. So, um, Ben, your thoughts. The one thing I would just add, um, um, Crystal mentioned May, uh, she was referring to the PRSA Counselors Academy Conference 
um, which we're both going to. Uh, I'm the co-chairman of the conference this year and the chair of the conference this year is our colleague, Latricia Woods. Um, And she is the first African-American woman to be conference chair for this conference, which is both wonderful and exciting, but also really, um, it's 2023, hello, you know? Um, So that's exciting. And I think that's a, a sort of signal that the industry is slowly changing. I will say that after George Floyd was murdered in 2020, I I was sort of bracing myself for what's going to happen and what's the industry going to do. And I was pleasantly surprised multiple times by a lot of the larger agencies really committing to specific actionable goals. And I thought, oh, hey, maybe this time is different. You know, maybe this time will be we'll we'll actually see that lasting change that we need in the industry. I don't know that we have yet, um, and I worry a little bit about backsliding and a little bit about, you know, performative actions that people don't follow up on, but I am hopeful and I do feel like it is different and yet we are seeing different leaders. Um, Lisa Osborne Ross at Edelman, for example, right? I mean, these are folks who are skilled, professional, experienced communicators who just happen to be people of color or women. Um, and who have wonderful experience in the industry, but are also really wonderful examples of, um, in this case, Black excellence, right? Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of hers, not just because I worked at Edelman a billion years ago, um, <laughs> but folks like that, we need more people like that in the industry across the board, right? There needs to be not the exception where there is one person we can point to or two people. We need a bunch, you know? Um, there's There's an openly gay leader um, at Ketchum, for example. Um, and that's really cool too. We need to see more of that across the board and we need to see the industry really stepping up and making opportunities available to everyone um, so that there isn't, there is no longer a pink ceiling or a purple ceiling or a rainbow ceiling or whatever color ceiling you want to have it, you know, you want to have it be. Um, and so that the industry really does look like the rest of the country. And the industry is is able to then do a better job of being counselors to our clients and do a better job of engaging the various audiences we need to reach. I mean, if anything, what we've learned in the last couple of years is the fragmenting of all the various channels and voices and, and ways of communicating makes it that much harder. And there's there's that many more inputs that any one consumer or you know other audience member is gonna have, that makes it that much harder to reach them. So mm-hmm. that means you have to have lots of different um, ways to do that. And you have to have lots of different understandings of what is going to motivate um, an Asian consumer versus an LGBT one versus an African-American one. And then understanding within those audiences, right? We say Asian, but that's actually like a multiplicity of cultures yeah, <laughs> and, and languages. Yeah. Um, same with the Hispanic community and same with the, with the African-American community. And then same with LGBT because there's lots of LGBT folks who are also Asian. Who are also Hispanic, who You're are also black. A very big network. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about micro niches, right? Bring <laughs> it on. We're, we, we'll be happy Good. to have them. All right. Well, congratulations for getting you getting this rolling and, and such success. And uh, hopefully, when we speak about this next, you'll be even you know, larger and companies will be that much more advanced. And so will your initiative. So good luck. <laughs> Thanks, Diane. Thank I thank you for the opportunity to talk about such an important topic to us. Thank you for joining. And we encourage everyone to go check us out at thechangeagencies.com. <laughs> You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast. 
brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.